In today's episode of Local Landing, we meet with Vegas comedian James K. Johnson, and he gets real about growing up in a toxic environment and how he changed the course of his life and moved to Vegas to pursue comedy. It feels more personal when you're there with the person. Yeah. But you know, have you ever seen those Vlad TV interviews? How he does it? He he's never there in person anymore. Not that his channel is big. What he does is he's got a team of people. They pull up, set up all the stuff, set up a screen in front of the person with him on it, and he interviews them from wherever he is in the world. Like his crew is there, but he's not. Interesting. So, yep. So he's never in like the video with them in it. It's just that person looking at a screen that he's on from like Atlanta and they in like New York or something. Is just, it real time when he records it? Mm-hmm. He just sends his crew like he got big enough to go, okay, you guys go here and you do it. And then he does his part from home, which is dope. But again, mm. well, I told you, mm. I like to be that. You want to be up close. In person. Personal. Yeah. Like you can like mm. not only see someone but mm. you can feel you can feel them yeah yeah the vibe of like I feel like you're right because sometimes you can you can get lost in what a meaning of something is if you're not there to see like like the attention like if if I said if I got a question for you that's personal but we here together, you get, you, you can feel that it's personal in my vibe as opposed to if yeah. I'm on the other side. Of, There's nothing yeah. in between us. Then it's like, is this, is he being an asshole? Am I, am I reading this wrong? Cause right. you're trying to figure it out over the phone or whatever. But mm. I like this. Definitely better when you're closer. Oh, get closer. All right. I feel like I sound, I sound a little, okay. This is why I don't like wearing the fucking. You, you sound like a Disney whimsical princess. Uh, like, oh my god! A whole new. That's my favorite song. Though. <laughs> a whole new world. That's a uh, which one was that one? That's Aladdin, right? A okay. dazzling place I never knew. All right, I give you that. I was more of a Mulan type of guy. Oh, that was Mulan was yeah. my favorite of all of them. I just thought that's how I know that I'm, I could never be like. A guy who's like sexist or doesn't like women, because I'm like my favorite movie growing up was a girl who was powerful. This little girl was like, I'm gonna go to war in place of my father, and I was watching that shit as a kid. Like, yo, she a boss, so nobody can ever tell me like, oh, he don't he don't like women or he's sexist or he's this or that. Because I'm like, I, I empower women. Or I'm, I, I want women to like do whatever, you know. Whenever we clean. Or mm. travel. Mm. My kids and I, we always have Disney mm. playing. And mm. that fucking Mulan song, dude. Mm. When it comes oh, down, it come, it's not just mm. singing. It's, mm. it's fucking. It's, yeah, it's because he's. <laughs> Let's get down yeah. to business. <laughs> to defeat. Oh, oh, the no. mm. Mm. Yeah. Did they send me daughter? <laughs> when I asked for some, for sons. Yeah, I, I like that. You know, it's but having kids that weren't around for like that era of Disney movies, 
do they think like Frozen and all that shit is better? Because I've watched these newer movies like, what? That shit terrible. So, yes and no. Mm. It depends what you do with them. Because like my son, he was, oh man, Mm. anything new. I'd be Mm. like, okay, I'm going to put on this one. You haven't Mm. seen this one. And he'd be like, no, and like throw a fit. And Mm. I'm like, you're going to like stop. (laughs) And then he'll just cry, and then mm. the first 10 minutes will start, and then he'll fucking start watching, you know? Mm. But, yeah, I think it just depends, because all the stuff that's already out yeah. that he's been exposed to, he likes. Okay. But I think kids are like that with their with stuff mm. in general, you know? That's true, you're right. I mean... Like, think about all mm. the shit that came out when we were mm. little. and I was into, like, 5 Goes West. And all dogs go to heaven type American, shit. American. Yeah. Um, no. American Tale. American Tale, yeah. yeah. Mm, that was the original one. Dude, when when the sister is singing, I mm. love that part. Oh, yeah. In the first one. See, now you got me wanting to go back and I watch that shit. Yeah, those are really good. And uh, what am I forgetting? The, um, American What's the movie with the, it was the, it was the dogs, they were singing. Oliver and something. Oliver and Company. Yeah. And they, were, I just remember rewinding that as a kid, just to keep watching that beginning where he like trying to train the cat or whatever to get the to like how to be like on the streets and shit. And then I, I, I'm pretty sure I posted that song. You did from, yes. I love that. I, I, I'm about to go back and watch all of this shit. Nostalgia kicking in. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm mature now, and I found the gray hair. That's it's like in here. And I felt so hurt, like oh oh, don't pull it. I don't. I'm they, what they grow back like two or three of them or something. They say. I don't know. Mm. I don't know if they'll grow back gray, but mm. definitely grow back. Yeah, I'm. This sounds so professional. It kind of reminds me of, um, the intro to Two and a Half Men, where they just be in front of the mics. Remember that? Which which two? <laughs> remember they changed. The- oh yeah, they put what's his name in it. Ashton Kutcher, when Charlie had his little fit and he was on that whole winning, winning. I'm winning, she winning. <laughs> that was wild though. When you think Charlie about it, Charlie is a trip. Like, I wish I could meet him. Yeah, he do. He seemed like a dope character. <laughs> Man, hmm. so what? What do you go by? Is it do you go by just James Johnson? Or? Yeah, I, I just use my regular name. Like I don't, I don't want to have a stage name because I feel like it'll put me in a category where it's like. I won't be taken seriously. I mean, not to say that they, the people with stage names aren't taken seriously, but I don't want to go somewhere and I'm on like a show and everybody's like, oh, these these comics are world-renowned, and then they're like, introducing, and then, and then I go up. what if it changes? Yeah. You know? What if you change your mind? Mm-hmm. But I do like to joke about like what I would call myself. Like, what, do you, what would you call yourself? I would be comedian, the entertainer, Wayans Jr. Wayans Jr. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like you're related to the Wayans brothers, or mm, just to the fuck with the names. <laughs> like I would be comedian, the entertainer, earthquake, shucky ducky, quack quack. Just <laughs> I'll just take everybody else shit, combine it, and make it mine. Gallagher, and then just end it with Wayans Jr. And it's like. <laughs> Cause I think that it's just you know it's just silly. Uh, no, I think I think James is perfect. Cause yeah. 
that won't change. Almost, I, when I first got out here, I was using my middle name as well. I was just have people. I was just say, uh, call me James Kyle, which Kyle. throws people off because they'd be like, "You don't look like no motherfucking Kyle." That's a good name. But yeah, James, James Kyle. Mm-hmm. But then I just never. I just went back to James Johnson. Everyone knows James, mm-hmm. and then they're like, "Oh, Black James." That's pretty much how it goes. <laughs> Cause yeah, what what did Chris say? He didn't even know I lived here. He's like, I was thinking of like a white nerdy James in here with you. I didn't measure a, a, a big giant black guy. Like, yeah, <laughs> what does that mean though? Like he's like, mm, that's he doesn't funny. know. It's <laughs> like I thought it was gonna be a nerdy guy, not that James. Then he said, uh, what did he say? They they got a joke where they don't, where they just think that I just appear out of nowhere, like that I don't. That I'm not from like anywhere. Mr. Deeds. Yeah. Did you ever see that one? Yeah, I did. And he just like pops up. But it makes me think like, is that are they saying that I'm I look homeless? Like if they go, <laughs> he doesn't look like he belongs anywhere. What the <laughs> fuck does that mean? Am I and homeless? He just up. <laughs> <laughs> are you saying I'm homeless? But you're not. <laughs> but, mm. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> oh yeah, we gotta oh we gotta get this figured out. But. Mm. Life and its issues and its problems. Stress. Yeah. Mm. That's everyday life, though, for that's everybody. True. That's true. It's just about how you mm. how you cope, how you manage. Mm. I've been smoking a lot more weed and doing a lot more drinking. But then again, I feel like my issues is just, I just got to take a different job, you know, just or get more hours. That's it. It'll make shit better. But I mean... How come you don't do like delivery stuff? Um, to be honest, my job, I work. I was a mechanic for like ten years. So when I was saying earlier that I took my twenties or the first five years of my twenties too seriously, I literally would work six days a week, get more than sixty hours. I lived in a condo in Michigan, thinking I was doing really well. Oh my God, I'm I'm ahead of these people over here and that. And then I was miserable, and I think I hit a wall at around 26 where I was just like, this shit suck. Or I feel like I'm doing it too soon. Like, should I be this settled into life at that age? Maybe I should be that way at, like, 35 or 40. <laughs> and then I kind of just dropped everything and started telling jokes. Mm-hmm. And then that was pretty much it. But What, what caused that, though? What, what you for me to go? Comedy. Um... Working in a shop full of dudes, it, it, shop talk amongst men, is like, you know, you you know how you get the guys that go, oh, you, he funny at the water cooler. It's that type of shit. But then those guys go do comedy and they be not funny at all. But for me, one guy finally convinced me to do it where he was like, just get on stage and try it. And then all my coworkers, because we showed up drunk and shit, everybody had on like our uniforms, which was funny. To see me do stand up, and it actually went pretty well, but I think I was trying to do like dark humor, which is not me now. But it it, it worked, but I wouldn't want to be like a Jezelneck type of comic forever, where I'm just yeah. doing these dark ass jokes. Yeah. But so I got over that shit quickly. But then I never did it again from that year. I think that was like 2016. I didn't do no stand up again for another like two years. Wow! Because I because you got to choose. I couldn't be like, okay, I'm gonna drop all. I'm not gonna work at all and pursue comedy, yeah. where you getting like twenty five bucks maybe if you get good until you get known or some shit. But yeah. 
So I had to make the decision to keep a job and keep a roof over my head or go full speed ahead into being funny with and be like broke. Is that when you moved out here? I didn't move out here. I moved out here to do comedy, yeah. But what happened in that situation was my father passed away. And then I just kind of looked at his situation like, yo, he worked in a factory for his whole life. He was miserable. Pretty much came home, drank, got all these different like habits. And he just never was a happy person, but until he was like on alcohol. And I felt like he was that way because of that type of life that I thought I was doing, but I'm doing it well. Like I got a, I'm, t- I'm 20 and I got a job. I got my own this and that. Da, 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 da. But I couldn't imagine myself doing that from 20 to like 70. Going, what the, then what what did I really do? And I think that that was his issue and my grandfather's issue was they reached the age where they went, I ain't really do shit with my life but work and drink. And I feel like that makes people, you internalize that shit, which makes you get more habits and then you go to the grave even faster. Because my pops died at 55 out of nowhere he wasn't sick like no health issues he just had a heart attack he wasn't even a fat guy it was just work well i'm gonna work my whole life to get stuff yeah i'm gonna I'm work to accumulate this stuff this stuff means something and it don't so i him dying i went i i like telling jokes i like being funny i like being silly i want to do comedy and so i i took a whole year working at a job that I started to hate to save up as much money as I could, sold all my shit, everything, dropped everything, left, moved here in 2018. Um, and it was going pretty well. I think it's going pretty well so far, considering I went from, like, somebody nobody knows to, like, if I go somewhere here, people, if they don't know my name, they know my face, or I can get on stages and shit, as compared to if I would have just been, like, a mechanic turning riches and being miserable and shit. Yeah. Well, you know. When did you start doing that podcasting stuff? Uh, with the, the party Shore shit? Mm-hmm. Uh, last year? I want to say August. August of last year, I had me and another guy here, we did an audition where he put us on one of his uh, shows and just to let us like be silly and see what our like personality was. And then he let his audience vote who to keep. So we competed for, I think, maybe a month um, with different people that would come on. And then it was just me and Mike and who ended up winning out all of them and being on his podcast. And it, it worked out pretty well for about five months. And then it kind of just went away. Well, for me, I don't even know how to put it. I want to do things a certain way, but I understand that you got to start somewhere, but my, I guess I wasn't, I don't know. I don't even know how to put it. Well, you were starting, but you were working for someone else. Yeah. In this whole creative world. So mm. it's, I think it's different than working for yourself. I, that's true. I feel like, I feel like a lot of the, a lot of people who are already established want younger people around them. But they don't want them necessarily because they're creative. They want to take from them. So in that situation, it felt more like 
I'm going to use you for your creativity. And I got ideas based off of what you can do that can add to me. Mm-hmm. But in my head, I'm like, I'll do these things if it's going to help me escalate or climb, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I got to be able to feel, I don't want to feel dumb in comedy. Meaning like, I'll be silly and be goofy, but I don't want to do shit that's like, I'll look back on, or I can, or I'll be around my family, and they'll they'll be embarrassed. Like, why was you doing that dumb shit on this? Mm-hmm. Because why? Mm-hmm. So I kind of stepped away from it, but I think it's still going pretty well for everybody. that's still there. Mm-hmm. It's just what was that podcast called? Um, Paulie Shore's Random Rants, which is still going. Um, it's just I'm not on there, but which is cool. But you haven't. I mean, that's on your resume now. So yeah, I mean, that's it's that's a bridge that I didn't burn. So we Which still pretty cool. And he, uh, I still got his number. He still lets me open sometimes for him when he's downtown at like um, the Grand and shit. But what's Polly Shore like? Everybody assumes he's like on drugs. I ain't gonna hold you up. Everybody <laughs> goes, that guy must do a lot of fucking drugs. He a hardworking guy, and that's like, I wouldn't say that that's him at all. Like the, the, the druggy, mm-hmm. like oh he's on alcohol, he's on this. He's a hardworking dude. He's just eccentric. Like that's him. Yeah. Like you see him in the movies do that shit, and he'll do that same shit if he was like standing right here. Like that's him. That's him the whole way. Yep. That's so um, That's cool. It was fun being around him, and it still is when I bump into him every now and then. Um, I the only, I mean, I like. Polly Shore, but I was obsessed mm. with Son in Law. Did you ever watch that one? What? I had that movie on DVD. Dude. Um, Chicken. I just, I don't know. I, just, I like that movie too, <laughs> but I like Encino Man and all that shit. Yeah. But Son in Law, I had it on DVD and I let my niece watch it maybe when she was like nine or ten. Just because, you know, you try to show the movies that you like to kids to go, you, you might like this. So she really loved it. So when I ended up being on a podcast, she was like surprised. Like, oh, shit, that's the guy from this movie that you gave me that I really like, which was dope. Um, but he really is that guy. So he's, it's not like an act where it's like, and scene. And he's like, everybody get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> he's that dude. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like Lawrence. <laughs> People think it was just a stage. Presence and then he gets on stage and mm. he's just like all awkward. Deep voice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I feel like comedy. Some people are two people or multiple people. Like who they are on stage can be completely different from who they are off stage. Like maybe that's what Otis said. Yeah, he said that because he'll. I was like talking to him about you know some mm. of his sets and stuff while we were here, and he was like arguing with me. He's mm. like, that's a different person up there. Mm. And I was like, dude, it's you. It's you. Mm. It's just inside of you. And then you're comfortable on stage. Mm. So that's able to come out. Mm. That's how I am with dancing. But mm. I was like, it's not a different person. You're not mm. fucking crazy. Like, <laughs> you know, it's a, I feel like it's a version of yourself that you weren't expressing to the world. I think everybody's like, even people who aren't comics, they got that inner like monologue that you keep to yourself. Because what is comedy really? You 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 sharing your opinions that you really think. Mm-hmm. So if you if a person is not a comic and they sitting there looking at you, in their head they just keeping it all in. But a comic go, I'm about to say all this shit, 
and then they do it. So it's just that's what it really is. It's it's the inner you that wouldn't get out if you were like an average Joe or a square person, like a oh I'll go to work every day type dude. Well, who's gonna walk around and mm. perform a comedy set just mm. walking around in the grocery store? I mean, you could, but but you know what I mean. Like that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's probably. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if like a a pop up like room open mic starts like that out here, <laughs> where you just aisle nine. To, yeah, <laughs> you just walk into a motherfucking Smiths or something out here, and then you just go to that aisle and it's a fucking open mic. Okay, Smiths. Is yeah. that like uh, kind of like an Albertsons style? Smiths and Albertsons, all these out here are the same. Okay. Um, and they're all under the same branches like Kroger. I don't know we, if Couldn't they got Kroger. With, yeah. Do they got Kroger's where you are in yeah. Texas? Um, No, not the okay. store. In Phoenix, yes. Okay, so yeah. Kroger's are like popular in like Phoenix, yeah, in Michigan. And throughout the Midwest and certain areas that are all here. But it's pretty much the same. Kroger's, Albertsons. Um, Vons, they're under the same. Yeah, but just walking into there and just and that shit is open mic would be wild. Well, have you seen like there's been some videos that have gone viral of people just busting out and so, like one person starts singing mm. in the grocery store and mm. the next thing you know like people are either surrounding them clapping or joining in. <laughs> I love I love that's why I love people mm. right. I love people that interact. Back, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And especially perform. I mean, mm. dancing, singing, anything mm. like that. That's good. Pantomime mm. stuff. But not everybody's talented like that. So when you, there's a lot of people, mm. but not everybody has that. That's that true. Talent. Well, I feel like I agree with you, but I feel like what's messing up entertainment in general, like right now, is. Shit like TikTok where you can... The creative person on TikTok is going to have like 20 subscribers. He's the original idea guy. Nobody knows who the fuck he is. Somebody else that's cute or popular going to go, that idea is funny. And then they do it and get all the credit. And that fucks up what entertainment is because it puts more people out here who aren't creative. And they get in the way of the people that are. Right. Which kind of gets on my under my skin. That makes sense. Um, you didn't yes you have you talk like imagine like a, I just uh, assume like with TikTok mm. I I assumed mm. that you couldn't just copy someone else's stuff or put that's it all TikTok is it's it's a small guy out here with an idea who he ain't got no following maybe he like an ugly dude or something he just not that person but he putting shit up every day but he not getting no following. And then one popular person who already got the following, or maybe they cute or they got charisma, sees his idea, copies it, and then boom, skyrockets. Yeah. And then that person who's actually creative is still like, what the f- yeah. what the fuck? I'm like, I'm the person with the ideas, but I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. And that's what's starting to happen. I, it's happening in comedy too, though, even though it's, it's already been in comedy for a while. Where you kind of just see people... Steal. Have you, besides the performing, going mm. up on stage, have, do you do other things? Like, do you, have you produced any shows or do you write anything? Like, do I write jokes or you just, yeah. In general, I, like your creative side, what's that like? Um, to be honest, the first thing that I wanted to be was, well, really first, 
I used to draw. Um, I, I was pretty good at it. I used to like look at shit and be like, I'm inspired by it. Get this weird feeling inside, and then I would draw based off of what I seen. And then that shit just went away. Like then I stopped feeling whatever that was. Then it came back when I start trying to like be a poet. But poetry, I was like, I only wanted to do poetry because I thought it would give me, like, girls and shit in high school, <laughs> which was stupid. I don't even know why would I even think that. Hurt? No, like, I was the guy <laughs> telling women, oh, I would put you on a pedestal that no other man, nothing could compare to how I would treat you. And then they would just go fuck the guy on the football team. So then I went, shit, I'm going to join the football team. So that creative part of me left. Too. So no more poetry, it was no more drawing. And then with comedy, it just made me I realized that I was funny without trying to be funny. Like in conversation, just talking, people go, This is this dude is a character. And I never seen it right. until I just was like, Okay, let me just go on stage with some ideas and see where it goes. And then it's it's it's, it's going all right. Um, you look, I mean, you're very comfortable on stage. Thank definitely you. definitely looks like your domain. Mm. You know? What's funny is when I, when I start doing comedy, I would meet people here that were like years in, and they would go, they would be talking to me like we on the same level. Like they'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm headlining here, I'm going here. And then I'd be like, shit, I'm just doing open mic. And then they'd be like, how long you been doing comedy? And I'll be like, oh, I've been doing a year. I've been doing two years. Then they go, shit, I thought you were longer in. But I'm like, nope. But it was just based off being comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's weird that comf- being comfortable is what a lot of this shit is. Mm-hmm. Just being on yourself on stage, the rest just follows. Like, even comics who don't aren't necessarily, like, funny. Like, comics that aren't funny at all but got charisma. And carry them and shit, mm-hmm. so. They're good storytellers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and I'm trying to figure it out. Like, I write, I sit down and I write, which is weird because nobody thinks that I write, and they say this shit to me all the time. They'll go, you write jokes? And it pisses me off, but my way of writing is weird because I'll have an idea about something that I went through or just a thought, and then I'll write out just a line or two. And then I'll go up and record myself. And each time it's different, but I'm adding to it. So then I go back and then I'll like take lines out of each recording and then make it into something completely different and then do that. But everybody be like, you gotta you gotta sit down and you gotta write, write it out long form. When I was doing that, I wasn't I didn't feel comfortable at all on stage. I felt more like it was a script. Like, all right, let me turn it this way and say that. Let me turn this way and then say this, and then I I hated it, but I'm I don't know I think I'm going more into myself. But how do you feel about like your writing style and your process and shit? I'm I'm extremely similar as far mm. as in high school. Mm. I you know mm. was all about poetry mm. and all about songs, mm. and I was very very much inspired mm. to produce something. Mm. Now, I, it has to just hit me out of nowhere. Mm. It's going to be writing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it'll be like at three in the morning and then mm. I'll just freaking write a like, you know, five mm. page, whatever. Mm. Um, usually I, I, I like to, my mind, I go very deep because mm. I'm very, 
I was exposed to death very young, mm. right? Like uh, by the time I was five, my father and all four of my grandparents had died. So mm. I just had my mom, my mom's side of the family. And I mean, there's just a lot of normal mm. challenges in general, but over time I, I feel like when I was 14, 15 mm. and I fell in love mm. with my daughter's dad, mm. I was writing probably the most. Mm. And I still have, actually, I have a little book. I should bring it out here and have mm. people out here sign it. But I have a little tiny blue notebook that mm. it, freshman year, I was writing stuff in it. Mm. Just little like one-liners, mm. like little poems, whatever. And I took it to school and I started asking people, what do you? What is love to you? What is life? Like the meaning of love? What's the meaning of life to mm. you? And I would have them write it down. Mm. And I still have that little book. And it's just funny looking back because when you ask a bunch of 15-year-olds mm -hmm. <laughs> what they think, you know, 15 years later, you look back yeah. and there's some people that are like, I fucking hit my life, like in there, <laughs> you know, and now they're like married with kids, mm. and, you know, so it's just, I love, I love learning. I love expanding my, my brain. And I feel like every person mm. I meet has something they can teach me. Mm. You know? Mm, that's a good way to see things. I really. Yeah. As soon as I turned 18, mm. I started buying plane tickets and, mm. and traveling. traveling. Yeah. And I would just talk to people. And I loved it. And mm. I didn't realize it was because I was lacking so much mm. as a child and growing up that as soon as I left the house, I was like, I need to figure stuff out. Mm. How do I figure stuff out? I just got to ask other people, you know, just mm -hmm. and that's literally what I did. And if I hadn't been that way or done that, mm. there's no way I would have changed. I would have been stuck in the same mm. cycle, you know, mm. the same toxic cycle. Mm -hmm. I would not have mm. broken that, that thing. Damn, I'm glad you stepped away from that shit. But what I want to ask about your writing at that age do you go how often do you go back and look at it and can you see the changes in yourself based off of what you used to put like meaning like for, like similar to like nostalgia but looking back at it and going like seeing like your like naivety yeah like like seeing it differently now as as compared to like then like well i had in my little notebook stuff i mean mm. i was obsessed I was so obsessed mm. with my boyfriend mm. or with my feelings that I would like, there's one that's like, I'm in the bathroom uh, ditching class and like crying in the bathroom or something. And I'm like, but is love really worth it? And it was just because I was like heartbroken because my mm. boyfriend was like cheating on me and not, you know At what 15. I mean? So, I mean, He's like, the end of the world, I can't live without him. <laughs> yeah. But life goes on and shit. But when you, it's weird that those pains from that time in your life felt so significant. But as you keep living, you look back at it. For me, a lot of that shit makes me cringe. Where I go, oh, I was, I was being this way. So, like, my high school reunion was like, what, maybe two years ago? And I don't even want to go. I, I didn't want to go to none of that shit just because I know 
Everything about it makes me cringe. The people, the situations, how right. they viewed me, how I viewed myself. That's why I left. Mm. Exactly why I left. <laughs> but it's that's dope. Though. I mean, to have to hold on to that shit is one thing. But I was never really like a journal slash guy, so I wasn't like sitting down like this. What happened to me today? <laughs> but I was one of them guys that was doing dumb shit and. If I were to go to like these places with the people that I grew up with, it turns into stories. I remember when you did, and then I'm just sitting there just cringing and embarrassed. Like this, is why I don't come around you, motherfuckers. Yeah, same. Bringing this shit up. I uh, and I broke it to me because mm. I. So I've, well, you know, I mm. I take medication for ADHD mm. as an adult. Mm. Had I been medicated as a kid. Mm. probably wouldn't have done like 90% of the stuff that I did. Mm. And I feel like, but, but, mm. even though a lot of that can be like cringeworthy, embarrassing, mm. like some people remember some of the like stuff I just mm. put erase, you know, mm. but regardless, it was a significant mm. feeling because it affected you so much that it caused you to grow whereas had you not done some of this stuff mm. you know i mean we can't just fucking go and just live a perfect life like we have to mm. develop somehow that's know? true and that's one thing that really bugs me about people is that people hold you to such a high standard mm. from the outside mm. but when they're looking at themselves it's they a don't different see standard, yeah. you know mm. and to me, it's like we're all people. Mm-hmm. You know, we all bleed. Yeah. We all shit the same. Like mm-hmm. most of us shit the same. You know, mm-hmm. and like <laughs> it, there's no point in. Ha- I've learned not to have expectations. Mm-hmm. So then you're not like let down, and then you're mm-hmm. appreciative of the things that do happen. Mm-hmm. But true. I wouldn't have thought that or had these mindsets mm-hmm. had I not been embarrassed as. Uh, you know, by doing this or this, mm. you know. So we live and we learn. Plus, we were kids, you know. Mm, like, that's true. A lot of us are like, ah, but I mean, how long ago is that? Mm. <laughs> you know. That's true. I mean, I feel like as long as I stay away from the people that I don't have to relive it. Meaning, like, if I've been through it, we've been through it, so it's already with us. But if I gotta keep seeing these people, then it's like. I'm doing it twice. Like, why do I? Which to me, I feel like I didn't really develop genuine relationships throughout school because I always saw it for what it is. Because I'm like, if I go to school with y'all from first grade to 12th grade, we friends because we forced to be in this situation. Mm-hmm. When high school ends, I don't got to be around you. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it made me go, I don't even, it made me look at people at that age and go, I don't even like this guy. But, I got to see him every day. Oh, I don't even like her. Or this person's personality is awful. So it made me be that way with him as opposed to going, let's everybody be buddy-buddy because Mm -hmm. because that's, I think, where people go wrong, which is why you see a lot of people who don't necessarily grow after high school. They just keep repeating high school shit. Or they go, I'm going to behave the same way in this facet of my life. Yeah, they're just repeating that cycle mm -hmm. because they're not introspective 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 yeah yeah and so that's awesome and mm. i think maybe 
a huge reason why I really love and appreciate comics is mm. because most comics have had mm. specific, you know, situations, mm. traumatic events, whatever yeah. it is, and yet they're still trying to make people laugh, right? Mm. So you're you're using your own inner demons, your own inner everything mm. to serve someone else. Mm. That's oh wow, that's deep. That's good. You know? I almost want to do this shit like we had a poetry. (laughs) Give me more of that. Give me more. more. That was, oh, that was good. But that's, that's spot on because comedy, it's like a, it's a lonely thing where you, even if you got friends in it, you, you by yourself, meaning because you, your journey to get upwards is on you. But I feel like, It's an unselfish thing, like, because you 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 sharing shit from traumatic shit most of the time for most of us with people, and in hopes that they relate to it, and you like, I don't know, build a following from it, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But the the scary part is that about that shit is c- certain things like for me, I want to share and be more open with, but I know. I'm gonna have to like be down in the pits first. It's like starting over to mm-hmm. to go up because I got stories that are like f- like awful, but I know people will relate to them because exactly. they've been through shit too. That that's and that's the thing. Mm. Our parents' generation, mm. the reason they're so unhappy and stuck mm. in that same cycle that their parents had, mm. and so on and so forth, is because it's not like it is today where we mm. can talk about things, and especially mm. men like talk mm. about your feelings mm. and just everything and be be willing to be open and vulnerable everything was always hush hush you know you keep you keep your marriage problems you keep mm. anything that happens in your household to yourself mm. nowadays it's like everything's coming to the forefront that's true and all we're doing is growing from that we're mm. not we can't go backwards i see exactly what my parents have done and their parents and it's like there's no way I want to continue that. You mm. know, mm. I don't want to just be quiet and put mm. stuff aside because how can I get past it? How can I change? You didn't change. Mm. You never acknowledged anything. That's you know? true. Like anything else, you have to talk about, you have to mm. like freaking, what are the, the 12 steps, you know, mm. it's, the, it's all the same stuff. You know, I, part, of, part of why I feel like this generation or ours and Ford can't make these changes is because we we don't internalize shame the way that I feel like our parents did because mm-hmm. if something embarrassing happens to us we get, we in the age of social media where it's like it's gonna get out anyway but them they're like oh it's small town gossip and you your grandma worried about oh the your grandfather cheating you got a family on the other side of town they don't want people to know that shit, and they just it just compete. It repeats the cycle of people just keeping secrets or like I don't know, I don't know how to put it, but for us, it feels more like we just go whatever. It should happen, whatever, and then we talk about it, and then people go, oh, it happens to me too. I like that though. I feel like everybody does now. Well, and that so my my mom's family, the, mm-hmm. the ones I grew up with, it's a lot of women, mm-hmm. and. 
again a lot of a lot of strife a lot of contention mm. a lot of like trauma throughout mm. the years right in, in my my mom's upbringing mm. and then my upbringing and like to this day mm. my generation like my cousins mm. we are all the same we mm. will share our personal mm. business with each other mm. and not talk crap about each other mm. behind each other's back mm. or not just like go to another family member and be like you know did you hear this it's more mm. of hey this is going on how can we help you mm. know what can we do about this because mm. i think that's the one thing i i mm. love and appreciate so much about when i joined the mormon church and mm. was that was the first time i was exposed to healthy relationships, healthy people that were humble, that mm. acknowledged their shortcomings, acknowledged their, you know, whatever it was. And mm. I've met some people who have, you know, come and gone from in and out of jail, like just all, all kinds of walks mm. of life, right? But at the end of the day, we are all fallible. We are mm. all imperfect <coughs> human beings. <clears throat> just trying to mm. take the next step and why would we not want to help each other we're all mm. in the same boat you know mm. so that's what I want to do mm. that's what I try to do at least mm. you know I try to people are always like you're so positive you know, you're, <laughs> you're too nice I get that all the time mm. you're too nice but it's I'm not I'm not nice in a mm. in a ignorant way if that makes mm. sense like I choose exactly what I do. Mm, I feel you. That's also a stupid thing to say to a person because what's the alternative to being too positive and too nice? Being mean and negative? Like, yeah. you want me to be that way? Wouldn't you complain, complain about that shit too? Mm -hmm. So would you prefer for me to be that way or this way? That's what I would tell a person. Like, all right, then. If, like, let's say somebody says that to you. Then you just go, all right, from now on, every time I see you, I'm going to be mean and negative. And then see how the fuck they take that shit. Exactly. It's like, you, people, you can't please motherfuckers. I believe in energies, right? Mm. I can feel energies, and mm. I don't want to put any bad energy out there. Mm. And sometimes that'll be a, a fault of mine because I'll have stuff, you know, mm. that I need to release. I need to vent. I'm, I'm human. I need someone to talk to. I need to, you know, but because I'm, I don't want to put that stuff out there. Mm. I'll just bottle it up, mm. you know, and then have like a breakdown mm. every few months or something. Mm. So that's something I've been working on. And the only reason I'm able to even acknowledge that is because therapy mm. and because of online. Mm. Like just nowadays you can Google that's <laughs> anything. <true. laughs> and mm. yeah. I, Why am I fucked up? And it'll be a thousand things. Right? Give take, you examples. Take this quiz. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> did but, you see your parents fight often okay yes. i got a question mm. for you because i mm. you have to go oh, yeah, um right. and you're oh. supposed to pick up peyton oh shit yeah i was supposed to pick peyton up at 2 30 okay last question but, okay okay if you could go back in time to march of last year mm. what's something you would tell yourself with your perspective today prior to the pandemic if i can go back in time what would i tell myself um I don't even know. Why are you saying, what's the context of this question? Like, before a shutdown, mm. before we're faced with ourselves, mm. today, if you could go back and tell yourself something that, like, whisper in your ear, you know, like, just give yourself some sort of, like, knowledge, what mm. would that be? Or comfort or something. 
I would tell myself to have more interpersonal relationships because that year in the house alone, I feel like made me super, it made me weak in my home. That's how I feel in terms of, am I crazy now? That's what I'll be thinking. Like, did I spend too much time alone? And now that the world is open a little bit, I almost feel like, a, a version of myself that's not that wasn't that like a shell in a way so I would just tell myself like enjoy the relationships that I had with the friends prior to the pandemic just so that I can get through the actual pandemic because I had got sick with COVID and that showed me quick what relationships that I had that were real and what weren't because okay. people was pretty much like fuck you like but then again, because nobody want to get sick. But I would tell myself, like, mm, be careful in terms of who I'm around. Because now that the pandemic is over, so to speak. How did you get it? Um, My neighbor, uh, it was an old dude who asked me for a ride to the market or something. I took him somewhere. Oh, I took him to the 99 cent store. Because I used to live off of Maryland and uh, Tropicana. And the whole time he coughing in the car, but deep hacking. But in my head, I'm like, well, he, he's just an old person who probably smoked a lot of cigarettes. Because I didn't watch the news, none of that. So I didn't even take COVID seriously. Yeah. And then I got a badass fever and night sweats. I had a headache. Then I couldn't taste nothing. And I had aches and pains. And I went, oh, this motherfucker got me sick. Then I went to the hospital and they was like, since, you got, since you're a diabetic, it's, it's, it's hitting you harder. So then they ended up having me in there for like eight days while I couldn't break the fever. Then I'm like, if I die because I, I was nice, I'm going to be pissed. Like, it got to be an afterlife where I can like talk to somebody about this shit because I did a good thing and I died for this shit? Oh, no. No, 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 no. But I ended up surviving that shit, but I thought I was going to die mainly because my sister called me from the hospital and she was pregnant with my nephew and they hadn't picked names for him as he was about to be born. And she called and said, this is her exact words. She was like, we naming our baby after you. And I went, that's that's a sign. When somebody give you about to, I was like, I'm about to check out. You don't already gave my name. It's like you're giving their energy to somebody else. So I'm like, you about to give this boy my whole name? Yeah, I'm dead. I'm going to be some motherfucker on a picture on a stove or something. And they looking at him like, yeah, that's your uncle. But I ended up being okay and shit they let me out and then I went right back into being alone and I think that's what it was though being alone here cause I pretty much don't have family or nothing it's just people I met through comedy and working and shit but then they got their own shit going on they got their own family their own circle so I was pretty much lonely mm-hmm. and now that it's over I'm realizing that I was lonely because now I'm more dependent on people which I hate because I got a few people in my life who I know aren't good for me, but I can't get rid of them now because I long for that connection, yeah. which I wouldn't have before. Mm-hmm. So I would tell myself, I should have fucking died. I was like, listen, give my nephew the name and let me check out. That's what I tell myself. Mm-hmm. For real. No, I'm playing. <laughs> but fuck. I would have liked to have done a longer one of this and actually did, like... Well, <clears throat> I mean, we talked about... We got 50 minutes. 
Oh, it is? Damn. All right. Well, shit. All right. So, what are your, where can people find you? What's your, you have um, handles? I'm only on Instagram under Cholesterol Poppy, <laughs> which I thought, you know, that's silly. But most people attack me like, you're a fucking Drake fan. Yup. I do enjoy his music, and I took a name similar to it because it was funny. <laughs> and I like butter, so what? Butter is so good. Paula Dean was right. She know when you put butter, mm-hmm. that's how you cook. That's how they cook I, steaks. I use like three of her recipes every mm-hmm. year for like Thanksgiving and stuff. You can't go wrong. I, I trust any Southern woman who got like a little bit of a jaw and like the thick like like wrists where if they wear like any type of like bracelet, you see the skin that kind of folds over it because <laughs> they can cook. That's what I look for. If I'm out in the world, if I go to a barbecue, I'm looking for the fat old lady who got that skin poking out the bracelet or that that under the arm flap because whatever they cook is going to be on point. So, hey. Uh, Well, thank you so much for giving me your time. Happy birthday. Thank you. I love sitting down and getting real with James. Check him out doing stand-up in Las Vegas and follow him on Instagram at Cholesterol Poppy. Don't forget to subscribe or donate at local-landing.com. Take care, locals.